Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Welcome back to another episode of The Pulse. I am your host, Rachel, and I am so excited to have with me members from the Alaska Sound Celebration. I have director Peggy Benton, I have Melody Reese, I have Melanie Cross, and I have Christy Hendrick. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thank you. Awesome. I would love to just find out a little bit more about Alaska Sound Celebration and how you guys got started. So we are a chapter of Sweet Adelines International, which is a worldwide organization women barbershop organization. I think our main focus is education. And we have been a chapter in Anchorage since 1960. A very long time ago, before any of us were born. No doubt. And there were a couple of different courses in Anchorage. And about 11 or 12 years ago, we decided, let's just be one big chorus. And we formed Alaska Sound Celebration. And we travel to, we are part of Region 13 of Sweet Adelines International, which is the North Pacific Northwest region. We travel down there generally once a year for a regional competition when we're not in the middle of COVID. We also do area shows. We are in the middle of planning one right now, our annual melodrama, which we produce for the Fur Rendezvous Festival, which is an, a wintertime festival here in Anchorage, Alaska. We have written, directed, starred, all the things, this show for over 30 years as wow. part of this winter festival. And it's just a fantastic way to bring music to the community and to just really have fun with yeah. our members and with members of the community, educating them about music and who we are and enjoying what we can of winter in Alaska. <laughs> Which it lasts a long time for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, we like it though. Sure. I would venture to say we are the only Sweet Adeline chorus that produces a show where people throw popcorn at us while we're singing. Yes. Very interactive show. It's different than anything you've ever done. It's musical theater on steroids. We expect the audience to throw popcorn at us. We expect them to cheer and to boo at the appropriate (laughs) times. We even have cue cards to tell them when to do so. I love it. It sounds very Rocky Horror-esque. In a family way. Yeah, sure, sure. Family-friendly Rocky Horror, right? <laughs> exactly. So I wanted to go back to something that you had said about your sort of courses joining together. And I wonder, were some of you around when that happened? And what... Three of the four of us were founding members. Yeah. Wow. What was that like, those initial sort of years where you went from being something smaller to something bigger? Kind of had a dating period, to be honest. I directed one of the other smaller choruses and the other director, Karen Leet, she and I kind of got together and had a breakfast one time and said, you know, we should think about doing this. And so we set up a kind of a dating period where we did some, learned some music together and we did some gigs together. And then the chorus decided, you know, I think this is going to work. And so we were actually co-directors for about six five, five years, six years. And then she was, had moved out of state. And so, but I would say that that time was, there were more resources, I think was the biggest thing. There was just sometimes when you have an organization and you have certain resources, whether they're money or personnel, it's, you know, a smaller group, but you don't have as much. And all of a sudden we had more. And that was, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. And the camaraderie and the music, and we were just able to share it with more people in the community as well one larger yeah. entity. Didn't hurt to win some comp- competitions either. And we got to compete on the international stage six, seven times. That's amazing. Yeah. Did it impact either the arranging or the music choice process? Or because when you had more voices, obviously you could have a, a fuller sound than as just a quartet. So I wonder, you know, whether did, did it impact 
you at all? I think it made a difference in some of the song selections that we were able to, it was both choruses were kind of at a, the same level. And mm -hmm. when they came together, it, it allowed us to kind of move up a level and keep working on that. And so some of the skill sets like key changes, for instance, were something that we've discovered we could do very well. And so all of a sudden I didn't have to be scared of choosing music with multiple key changes because that was a skill that we were able to do very well. The comedy was fun too, because I think the comedy of both personalities of the two courses came together. We found out, you know, we really like doing things that are comedic and very heartfelt too. So yeah, it certainly did make that change. I don't know. Melody, what do you think about that? Well, as a member on the risers, it was so fun because we just had a wealth of information coming together, a wealth of experience, and we could learn from each other and grow together. And it was a very, very exciting time. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So I would love to actually go back to your virtual melodrama because you had mentioned sort of before we started recording that it was related to the Iditarod Festival, or I mean, you think of it as like the mush, right? The dog mush competition where they race through Alaska. And I wonder, you know, if you could talk a little bit more about your experience doing that. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Rendezvous Festival itself also includes dog races that are not part of the Iditarod, and it's the week leading up to Iditarod. So the chorus's participation in that, we've become a mainstay the where people who are involving themselves in that festival every year, they're looking forward to, you know, we have repeat patrons with coming every year. We have people that contact us and say, when are tickets going on sale? And it's- 16 uh, shows, right? 16 we shows. Do six, over we do wow. 16 shows over a three-week period. It is a definitely a process. I would say that as the person who is, you know, helping to produce that and in charge of it, like Melanie and myself have done most recently, it's a process that probably starts in late summer. Wow. You're getting scripts together. You're finalizing the script. You're putting out auditions for actors. The marketing part of it starts probably late October, beginning in November, so that everything is ready to go. And it's a long process, but in the end, it's so rewarding to be able to get up there and perform for, you know, the theater holds 203 three people, I think. So you've got this <laughs> Those lucky extra very three. intimate setting, just over 200 people for every show. And it's fun to see the people coming back every year. We traditionally, not every year, but most years also have a, a costume contest. So we will ask the audience to come in costume and for whatever the theme is that we're doing that year, we've done a theme of minions. We've done superheroes. You know, we've done the traditional hero and villain and heroine and madam. And, you know, we have during intermission, we have everybody that's in costume come up on stage. And so it's just a great way to interact with our community. And there's a lot of people who travel from all over the world to come to the Iditarod and those dog races. So we're really performing to an international audience at that point. So lots and lots of popcorn. And there's <laughs> lots and lots of popcorn. <laughs> so I wonder where is the funniest popcorn shouldn't be. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, where is the funniest place that you found popcorn after the fact? Um, To be at... Well, on our person or any place? <laughs> I mean, I think whichever answer is the funniest. I would like to say that I opened my trunk in May and there was not popcorn. But you'd be lying. I wouldn't lie right to you because I just met you. In my all-in-one? Yes. Um, okay. Which Always. should be fairly tight and you wonder how on earth did the popcorn end up down there? Popcorn <laughs> you know? always ends up there. I love it. It's like the popcorn in my couch cushions. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We average, we sell, you know, like lunch bags 
bag-sized bags of popcorn. It's one of our major fundraisers for the chorus. We were talking about, you know, resources earlier, and, and this is a big part of funding for us. This is what allows us to be able to bring in all of the coaches and do yeah. the educational events that we do as a chorus together. And um, the popcorn is a big part of that. And we sell anywhere from nine to 11,000 bags of popcorn over those 16 shows. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, this show actually supports about two-thirds of our annual budget. Wow, that's really impressive. Huh. Well, well, something you mentioned before is having gone to competition and you had competed in semifinals in 2019. Is that right? Yeah. What was that like? That was New Orleans, right? Get me. Yeah. It was wonderful. (laughs) Yes, that one was New Orleans. That was New Orleans. I think New Orleans was one of the competitions, I think, on the international level that the chorus really came together and prepped themselves emotionally as well as musically, which we were able to take time to try and play, work on those personal, interpersonal skills. We became the house of positivity, you know, and we walked in and that was something that the leadership really made it, said this trip, we want to, we want to make that a focus of learn how to play the mental game in a positive way. And I think the fruits of those labors are really carrying through this year and through this pandemic. We found out the importance of that. But New Orleans was, first of all, it's an amazing city to be in. The music, I mean, it just oozes out of the everything. Seriously. And that was just a great city to be in. And there was some fabulous choruses competing, high level performances, entertaining. Yeah, it was just, it's always exciting to be around talent like that. There's approximately average, I would say, what, 30 to 40 choruses at the international level and there's about 500 worldwide so even to make it to the international stage is a huge huge deal so it's such a a joy and to get to sing with other barbershop singers from all over the world is exhilarating i i joined this chorus in 2012 right before the 2013 competition which was in hawaii and it sucked me in i can't (laughs) imagine ever doing anything else it's just such a unique and special art form and the harmonics of barbershop are when they when it locks and rings it's spine tingling thousand percent well we're going to hear some of that locking and ringing we're going to hear that new orleans semi-final set which includes i never meant to fall in love and ain't he's or a mashup of ain't he sweet and yes sir that's my baby here are the alaska sound celebration with their nola semi-final set hold up hold up there past me we don't have a license to play music on this podcast So if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted, including all the fantastic music that's involved, go to akaville.org and become a member. Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. That was so much fun. And I especially loved the the trail, the tongue roll at the end, or, or sort of like in part of the Ain't He Sweet Yes or That's My Baby, like that, that which I, I totally messed up. But like you guys rocked it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's sure. our cougar growl. Oh, I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun practicing that, actually. I can imagine. And I'm, I wonder if your partners enjoyed your attempts. Oh, probably. Probably. <laughs> well, and the audience always enjoys those special effects. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I wanted to ask about some of the performances that you've done. I wonder if you've had members who have auditioned solely on the basis of some of the performances that they've seen? Or do you find more people are just looking to sing and find you because they're looking outside of that? I'm actually someone who joined solely because of a performance that I saw. There was a membership drive, which we do annually, at least one membership drive. And things happened. I got sick with bronchitis. There was a really Mm. bad windstorm in Anchorage that year that ripped up trees. And so 
they had to cancel rehearsal one night and a myriad of things. And I thought, you know, I've missed four out of six of these rehearsals. So I'm just going to go to the show and check it out and see what I think before I, I had never sung on a stage with a group of people before. I didn't do chorus or choir in high school. I was a band geek, but I love to sing. And so I went to their fall show, which we do every year, celebrate the music fall show. And it was so much fun. And that year, one of the songs that they sang just sucked me in. And I I looked at my friend I took with me and I said, I have to do this. Like, I have to do this. The very next week on Tuesday, when just when we rehearse, I went to rehearsal and Peggy auditioned me for my voice placement and the rest is history. I am. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to tell us what that song is. It was, it was Thriller. Ooh, nice. Yes, it was. And watching them on stage doing the choreography and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I have to do this. <laughs> this is so I fun. Think- One of the funniest stories I ever heard of an audience member was middle school teacher and his wife were celebrating their their anniversary, came into Anchorage for the weekend and had tickets to the symphony. But when they showed up, they had the wrong date and there was no symphony performance that evening. So the gal at the ticket booth said, well, we have another performance going on in the theater. Would you like to go see it? And it was our fall show. Oh, so he said the curtain came up. They had no idea what they were going to see. Oh, sure. The curtain came up and he said, I saw a bunch of old ladies in sparkly sequins and thought, what have we gotten ourselves into? (laughs) And he said, and then you opened your mouths and started to sing. And then you started to dance and we were totally enthralled. Mm -hmm. And the next week he contacted the chorus to see if we could come and present something to his junior high students. And the quartet I was in at the time ended up going up there three or four times and working with his students. And and just became a long-term relationship with his school and it was awesome. Yeah. Brag, I have to brag about Melody there because she's helped spearhead and started our Young Women in Harmony, or actually AAU, I'll let her talk about it, but it, I'll start. <laughs> it's a festival, an all-day festival where middle and high school girls and now girls and boys come and learn about craft and then they learn two songs, dance, and they actually perform on our state, on our show. Melody has been the head of that for well, since the inception, so. I'd love to hear more about that. Just a dream that I had of bringing barbershop to younger kids. And it's not a marketing ploy for the course. It's strictly just an opportunity for the kids to come for a day and sing their hearts out, learn what it's like to be backstage all day long in the bowels of a facility. And we're fortunate enough, our fall show is in our Performing Arts Center building here in town. So it's a wonderful facility. And the kids, we send Send them the music ahead of time and hope they learn it and them learning tracks. But oftentimes a good number of them just come blind that day and we don't care. Come in and have fun. And we now have Christy and Melody both come and help with our sectionals with the kids. And it's just a full day. We have them do makeup, not on a grand scale. It's not full stage makeup. And they we just hang out with them all day long. The whole day is focused, as Peggy said, on being positive 
and just helping them feel the best they can and experiencing barbershop and they absolutely love it. They perform on our fall show then that evening. So they come at 8.30 in the morning and they're there till 10 o'clock at night and don't leave the building. We provide meals for them and just have a grand day. And we weren't able to do it this last fall because of the pandemic or we ended up doing a mixed chorus, invited the guys to come. We had eight guys and they were fabulous. That's right. Ooh. Them did beatboxing right. for us on nice. our songs. So they sing two a cappella songs on their own, and then the final song of the show, they collaborate with the chorus and, and sing oh. an a cappella song with the whole chorus. And many of these kids have never done any type of a cappella before at all. So it's it's truly a learning experience. I love it. Often we're able to, I just want to put a plug in, Melody and Shara, who also assists her with this, that do this together. They're often the facilitators, but sometimes we're able to bring up a guest artist who is an international level, usually winning quartet, and they will help facilitate and teaching the students as well. So they get to also a high level, fun, energetic quartet that, that they've never been experienced to most or exposed to for the most part. And those quartets will work with Melody and Shara and they, they just, it's wonderful. I got involved in it, I think after being in the course for two years and it's so much fun to be part of that team and Melody and Shara do an amazing job and do so much for those kids. It's such an enriching experience for them. I can imagine. Usually if we are able to bring up a championship quartet the day before the fall show, we try to get the quartet up here a day early and we take them into local schools to work oh. with kids too. And the girls are total fangirls over it. It's so funny to watch them. And they get a t-shirt the day they do our show. And so then they'll have the guest quartet sign their t-shirt. It's just a whole huge fan thing. I love it. So I wonder, you know, you've referenced a couple times COVID and if you can talk a little bit with your mission being so education focused what some of the impact of that has been for you all well you know we're actually (laughs) sorry peggy because of the work that peggy does peggy sees peggy's at my right i'm not sure where she is on the screen for anybody else but we're super blessed with her because she's done such an amazing job in this whole time when we've been rehearsing virtually of keeping our rehearsals very education based and very different they're not the same every tuesday night we've got different stuff going on and different types of exercises and different types Types of learning styles. So it's addressing all the people because some of us are visual and other people are not. But what's been great is she's been able to tap into international level coaches and directors and instructors, and they've come and visited our Zoom sessions. It's just been amazing. As a chorus member, it's been just a really great year of education. I haven't felt like the education has slipped at all. I would love if we could all sing together without it being the terror thing that it is when we all unmute and sing. But the education piece of it this year has been really great. Peggy, maybe you can speak for a, a moment about your the challenges and the successes that you've had doing that. Boy, when it started, when we first decided to do it, it was just like, it was just like, I was at such a loss as to how can I, I, I mean, the first time we had a Zoom rehearsal, I didn't even realize two people couldn't sing together. I don't know if you remember that. I tried to do a duet with Sharon. It was stupid. I'm like, I did not understand the concept of Zoom and what this all means. And one person can only talk at a time. And then all of a sudden I just took on the persona like, okay, I feel like I'm a newscaster and I'm going to try and keep people engaged and informed as I possibly can. 
can. And, you know, just like you get tired of looking at one face, I'm going to bring in another face for them to look at and learn from. And so other than the fact that, you know, it, it breaks my heart because I can't hear my chorus, I learned that one of my strengths was working in the moment with what I was hearing. And I couldn't count on that strength because I couldn't hear them sing. So I had to then go back and revisit what makes a good acapella singer. What, okay, individual singing skills, all the way back to breath, posture, vowel, uh, two-inch jaw movement, facial engagement. What can we do in a Zoom situation to help build? The two virtual projects we've done has certainly helped, but I know that my singers are not singing as much, I think, during the week because of all the things that are going on. And so how, what can I do to motivate them to want to work and sing during the week, not just on Tuesday night? The virtual projects have, has really helped with that, but also knowing that there's a special guest coming that maybe has a special thing that they want to share, if it's the sound category or vocal production thing, or you know how the judge categories or, or just that I think helps motivate them as well. But I'll tell you something, Rachel, one of the things that this has taught me is that we come because we love to sing, but we stay because of the, I don't think I truly understood that until COVID. I just didn't get that. I was always thinking, oh, it's the music, it's the music, it's the music. Yes, it is the music, but boy, those connections are so important within our rehearsal. And I have fully embraced that now. And I fully make sure that that is an aspect that's happening on every rehearsal. Because yeah. that's getting us through so that when we get on the other side of this, I Melanie talks about that the first time we get together when we actually sing, we're just going to stand there and ball probably. Oh, yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Well, well, we have an amazing membership director who has helped facilitate that. And every single week, she tweets out theme to us. Mm -hmm. And so after we finish our physical warmups and our vocal warmups, then she comes on and we all have 15 seconds to answer the question she sent out for the day. It might be last week. It was what's on your bucket list, two things on your bucket list. It one week, we all showed our pets, our dogs, our cats, or whatever we had. And it's just a short time. So every single person who shows up at the rehearsal gets their chance to have their face in front of everyone everyone else and we can hear their voice and hear something that's happening with them and it's just been such a special time of connection with each other that way yeah well it sounds like you guys are never going to let each other down nor will as we say goodbye we were going to be listening to the alaska sound celebration do their rendition of never going to let you down before we do listen i just want to say thank you so much to peggy christy melody and melanie thank you ladies for spending some time with us thank you for having thank us thank you thank you and now here is alaska sound celebration with never going to let you down Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video. Only at acaville.org.